0: Welcome you in to a week 11 edition of Statelines where you get the best pro football gambling information in the state of Illinois. His name is John Spataro. My name is Jason Gotch and each and every week we tell you a lot about what's going on gambling wise in the National Football League. We do focus a lot on the Bears on this program. Obviously no Bears game this coming week and that might be a good thing not only for Bears players and coaches but also for Bears betters as well, because the Bears have lost four in a row straight up. They did not cover that 19-13 home loss to the Vikings back on Monday night. But before we get into the Week 11 slate, talk about what the Bears need to do to get back on track, if it's even possible at this point. John and I always tell you how we did in the previous week. Win or lose against the spread, not always an easy thing to do. Bet football games against the spread, and I will be a living testament to that uh, later in this segment when I tell you about my struggles in week number 10. But before I do that, John, how did you fare against the week 10 slate in the NFL?
1: Well, I ended up doing okay. I went three and zero actually on my best bets, which is a welcome sign after going zero and three last week and having really just a poor uh, middle part of the season here in terms of my picks. I was happy to get back on the winning side of things. Let's start with uh, an easy one. It was the over in uh, the Miami Dolphins and Los Angeles Chargers game. It was the battle of the rookie quarterbacks, obviously Tua Tagovailoa and Justin Herbert. That one was at forty eight, and although it only hit at fifty, that one really had overwritten all over it they were scoring points left and right in that game it was exactly the type of matchup that I expected between two young quarterbacks who can move the ball so that one was nice to see Uh, also scored big on the New Orleans Saints covering nine points at home against the San Francisco 49ers I said when I was picking that game that I had no idea what the 49ers were going to come on the field with they have been such an up and down team Nick Mullins was the quarterback on Sunday and he's looked great at times he's looked really bad at others And although the 49ers had a nice lead at the beginning of this game, they ended up not scoring for three consecutive quarters after that. And Drew Brees, despite going out with an injury and having Jameis Winston come in to close out that game, the Saints offense was able to put up enough points and get me a nice cover uh, later on in the day on Sunday. And then... Everybody was really surprised about this one, but I had a good feeling about it. It was the New England Patriots beating the Baltimore Ravens at home when they were getting seven points. They were home underdogs were Bill Belichick's Patriots in Foxborough, something you would never thought you'd see if you've been an NFL fan for the past, I don't know, two decades. You never thought you'd see that. And of course, uh, they were able to get it done against a far superior team, at least on paper. I think the Patriots are going to have a really tough road to get back to the playoffs for the 13th or 14th straight year, whatever it would be. However, they looked pretty good against Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens at home it was a tough game it was rainy it was gross but you know what they got the job done and that was my third win of the weekend I did lose on the Bears game I did have a feeling that uh, you know that that one was going to be a mess on Monday night for the Bears however I did think that they were going to find a way to cover the points that they were giving uh, it just didn't happen and and I'm, I'm going to wear that one and we have a lot more to talk about the Bears uh, coming up so I was not perfect on the week but my three best bets all came in I'm all Always happy to see that. Live to fight another day with the Bears. And uh, like I said, we'll be talking a lot more about them very soon.
0: Well, hat tip to you, John Spataro. I got to give you a lot of credit, not only for going 3-0, and but also I was thinking to you on Sunday night when I was watching the end of that Ravens and Patriots game and that driving rainstorm in Foxborough and thinking, my buddy John Spataro, I, I doubted him. I think a lot of people did. The Patriots are not having a Patriots-like year with Belichick there and Brady gone, but they look like the Patriots on Sunday night. And like John said, not only did they cover that big number at home, plus seven, they also won that game outright. So some great picks, last week from John Spataro. Hope you had a chance to cash those yourselves. Take his advice. Win yourself some money. I, Jason Gotch, look, I said at the start, I tell you when we win. John tells you when he wins. Tells you when he loses. I did not have a good week number 10. Tell you about the Bears and the over. I missed on those in a moment, but let's talk about a somewhat positive and an 0-2-1 best bets bad week for me. The one, I guess, positive was Uh, The Arizona Cardinals, that miracle catch from DeAndre Hopkins in the closing moments of that game to give the Cardinals the 32-30 win, that was a push for me. I had the Cardinals minus two, so I needed a miracle just to get my money back. Although, I know why they did it. Cliff Kingsbury, the head coach, decided to not kick the extra point after that Hopkins miracle catch. He didn't go for two. He had Kyler Murray go out there and kneel on the two-point conversion attempt because, of course, the risk is you're up to in the closing moments of the game. You do not want to allow a return from the other team to get two points. It, has it ever happened, let alone it, it never does happen? I don't, I don't think it ever had. I don't remember seeing that in the NFL. Maybe it's happened over the last couple of years. But regardless, Kingsbury playing it very safe. If he just kicks the extra point, Jason Gotch catches catches that ticket with a, a, a miracle cover. Doesn't get it, though. Gets the money back with the minus two. Arizona won that game 32-30. I miss on the Seahawks. This was surprised me. The Rams had... Really not beating anybody all year. They they beat the NFC East, and that's about it. But they did beat the Seahawks at home 23-16 back on Sunday. So the Seahawks lose as a small road dog. They were getting one and a half. Also, had the Niners plus nine and a half down in New Orleans. Drew Brees gets hurt. He's out a little bit with that uh, the rib and also uh, collapsed lung injuries that he's suffering, broken ribs, I believe. But the Saints with Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill, they still find a way to cover 27-13 over a 49ers team that's having a disappointing year. So Jason Gotch, 0-2-1 with the best bets. And the forgettable Bears, plus 2.5, the over 44.5, 19-13 Vikings win. The Bears just keep taking my money, John. They they really have the last few weeks. I I guess I had the Titans, so I won that one. But in the past, I had the Bears in in some spots I thought they were going to cover. Not so much so. For me, Jason Gotch, it's good that the Bears are off this week. They can't take my money if I decide I want to make the mistake in betting on them. So that leads me into this here on State Lines, John. Uh, Let's talk about that tilt against the Vikings. Matt Nagy, the head coach, hands over the play-calling duties prior to that game to the offensive coordinator, Bill Lazor, who previously served on the Bengals coaching staff for a long time. He was their offensive coordinator in Marvin Lewis's last year with that franchise. Uh, It's hard to say the Bears' play-calling's worse than it would be under Matt Nagy, but it looked worse in that Monday night game by Bill Lazor. Uh, they can't block anybody. They can't run the ball. Nick Foles is running for his life or throwing bad passes. The defense is really good. We talked about it all year. It's a shame this offense is so bad. So, uh, give us your thoughts on what was not a good performance by the Chicago Bears offense in that loss.
1: Well, I was shooting texts around to some friends and family, you know, in anticipation of that game. Because, like you mentioned, when you switch up a play caller, there's at least, you know, a half second of hope in your heart that maybe things are going to get better or maybe things are going to turn around. And, you know, Bill Lazer, to his credit, I, I don't know a ton about him, but it sure did not look like there was much of a difference between who was in the headset and who was calling plays between him and Matt Nagy on Monday. I mean, this offense is just terrible i mean it's not even to the point of you know fixing it in my eyes it just doesn't work the 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 ball does not get moved down the field you're not fooling anybody you're not getting these uh you know big chunk plays that you hear about in the nfl these days but plays of 20 30 40 yards there is no positive momentum on the offensive side of the ball whatsoever for the bears and it's really unfortunate that it's happening in this stretch of the season after you started four and one because really the the way the the Bears have been playing, it 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 just makes for purgatory, right? You're not bad enough to get maybe into the top five or top three picks to get a franchise changing quarterback or you know a really special skill player on this team, and and you're not good enough to likely make the playoffs now anymore. Even though they're they're still at 500, I don't think anybody has any expectations for this team to go further than maybe getting into that last wild card spot. So you're really in a bad position as an organization. You're really in a bad position. Position as a fan, all in all, I think this was the death nail in the 2020 Bears, and likely the death nail in the career of Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace here with the Bears. I don't see an, a, a situation where they make it through the end of the year and come back next year. You know, even at the end of the game with Nick Foles getting carted off with an apparent injury, it sounds like that's not going to be, uh, you know, the end of his season per se. But it, you, you got to look at that as almost a chance to try something else. It's just not working. Mitch Trubisky got benched the beginning of the year we haven't seen him play yet maybe he'll come back as the starter the Bears worked out Deshaun Kaiser this week the old Notre Dame quarterback who's kind of been around the NFL for a few years now but never really was a consistent starter himself so it's going to be a tough year I think going forward this game uh, the previous few were against better competition this was a must-have division game like we mentioned Kirk Cousins had never performed to success meaning he'd never won on Monday Night Football but he looked like Peyton Manning against the Bears defense because all he had to do was score 19 points it's really a tough one It, it it really is as a Bears fan this at this point in the season I'm really not looking forward to uh you know what happens after the bye maybe they'll surprise me but at this point like you said jason all the bears are doing for me is taking my money because i can't bet against them in certain situations when i should and making me upset because for the most of my 29 years on this earth uh, bears have had anemic offense and great defense this one is no exception
0: He's John Spataro. I'm Jason Gotch. This is State Lines, where you get the best pro football gambling information in the state of Illinois. And I'm just mesmerized by John saying he's 29 years old. Oh, to be 29 again. I'm well past that point. So I've seen a lot more bad Bears football than John Spataro has, but I've also seen the Bears win the Super Bowl back in 1985. And I lead into this, John, because what really frustrates me is uh, remembering 1985, or even for some of our younger listeners, 2006, when the Bears went to the Super Bowl and lost 29-17 in Super Bowl 41 down in Miami to the Colts, I was there to see that. It was a disappointing day as a Bears fan, but still to get the Bears back in the Super Bowl, it, it, it was a thrilling day until they lost that game. But the hallmarks of those Bears teams were defense. They, the, the 85 defense is legendary in the history of the NFL. I'd argue it for one season that was the greatest defense in the history of the league. The 2006 Defense was was not at that level, but it was really, really darn good. And this Bears defense is really darn good. They have a championship-level defense that they are putting on the field. Uh, if they had any offense at all, like they had in 1985, with obviously one of the best running backs of all time and Walter Payton, when Jim McMahon was healthy, was a good quarterback. But even in 2006, when you had Thomas Jones and Cedric Benson running the ball, uh, when you had Mushin Muhammad at wide receiver and uh, Bernard Berrigan at wide receiver, and you had Rex Grossman at quarterback. Yeah, that offense was inconsistent, but at times they made some plays. You look at this offense under a supposed offensive guru in Matt Nagy, and it is so frustrating – to watch this team play offense because the defense, if if they had any type of functioning offense, if they had Rex Grossman and the offense from 2006, this team would probably be right now not five and five, seven and three, or eight and two, and people would talk about them being a serious Super Bowl contender. That's how bad the Bears' offense is, and I want to explore this a little bit after the break with John. He mentioned. Very convincingly that he thinks that Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy are going to be gone. I'm not so sure if the Bears are gonna do that. I mean, Nagy was twelve and four his first year. He was eight and eight last year. I'm I'm in agreement with John that I think it should happen. Because you look at what they did offensively in the offseason, this was malpractice. They didn't address the offensive line, Ryan Pace didn't, until the seventh round of the draft with a couple of late round picks in the seventh round. Uh, Matt Nagy wanted Nick Foles, a quarterback behind a bad offensive line that that is not a mobile guy and, and is going to have to run for his life and try and make plays. That's not his specialty. He needs a good offensive line in front of him. Uh... They whiffed the Bears did uh, on Mitchell Trubisky. That wasn't, you can't blame Nagy for that. He wasn't around. It was, that was Ryan Pace who whiffed on that one. So you look at look at that brain trust. Yeah, they should be gone, but I'm not sure if they will be. But when we come back, and we'll talk about all the games in week number 11, obviously the Bears have a bye this week. They play at the Packers coming up a week from Sunday. That ought to be a fun one for Bears fans to have to watch watch them play at Green Bay with the way this offense is performing. But before we get to all that, I'm going to throw a name out there. For a Bears head coach in 2021, if they do have the guts to make a move there, because I think the guy would be a perfect fit. And I want to get John's reaction to that. We'll talk about all that and more coming up here on State Lines. Get the best pro football gambling information in the state of Illinois. He's John Spataro. My name is Jason Gotch. Back with more right after this. have you aboard here on State Lines as we roll along. It's the Bears' bye week, week 11 of the National Football League. That doesn't mean that we take a week off because we have plenty of games to kick around in the week 11 card. Our best bet's coming up a little bit later on in the show. But before we get to all that, I want to recap, continue to recap the Bears' loss to the Vikings because as John said in segment number one, I think very perceptively, that you look at this game, and that's probably it for the Bears in 2020. And you look at the playoffs, and look, I, I got to admit, I, I think I pegged the Bears making the playoffs early in the year completely wrong. I remember having a conversation with my dad when they were 5-2 and two and they had lost an ugly game, and he was like, yeah, they're not making the playoffs this year. And I'm like, Dad, come on. They got an extra wild card. You get to nine wins this year. You're going to make the playoffs. He's like, Jason, they're not making the playoffs. And you know what I learned? Never doubt your parents because he's right. They're not going to make the playoffs, I don't think. When you look at what the NFC has lined up right now? You look at the NFC South. The Saints and Bucks are both going to make the playoffs, even though the Bears have the tiebreaker against the Bucks. The Bucks are two games up on the stand in the standings on the Bears. The Vikings are chasing down the Bears, and they would have the tiebreaker. They're only a half game back. If they win this week, uh, they would go ahead and have, you know have a they they'd be right there with the Bears as far as uh, tied the standings, but have the tiebreaker. You look at the NFC West. You got three teams at six and three, so there's a very good chance that the West and the South take the wild cards here and the Bears are on the outside looking in even if they turn things around, which I don't think they will. But, John, I wanted to get to the head coaching aspect of this because I'm going to throw a name out there and I want to get your reaction. I think he'd be a real good fit. If the Bears do go ahead and part ways with Matt Nagy, he's going to cost you a lot of money. And I know he did not perform well at the college level the last few years, but I got to think that the seat is getting really hot in Ann Arbor for Jim Harbaugh even with the COVID situation this year in college football, the Big Ten shutting down and starting up, and and, and the Michigan Wolverines not playing good football, it hasn't worked out in Ann Arbor like Wolverines fans wanted under Jim Harbaugh. So I throw this out there. If you're the Chicago Bears, Jim Harbaugh proved with the 49ers, he's a pretty darn good NFL football coach. The NFL game's a lot different than the college game. You don't have the recruiting aspect like you do in college football in the NFL. The recruiting's with money, it's with stars on your roster. It's just a different game. And Harbaugh was very, very good as the coach of the 49ers. If I'm the Bears, I'm making a run at Jim Harbaugh and saying, you know what, I'm bringing you in. you are going to give you a five-year contract. going to give you a lot of money. Get rid of Ryan Pace. Get somebody in there to work with Harbaugh and see if that works because what the Bears have done other than the Lovey Smith era since they fired Mike Ditka in 1992, it hasn't worked. Go get Jim Harbaugh tried. At least he's got a track record to get a team to a Super Bowl.
1: Yeah, I think that's an attractive match for both sides. I think Harbaugh is going to want to fight a place with a soft landing after, uh, let's call it what it is, a failure at Michigan and going back to his alma mater. He did play for the Bears, so you got a little bit more connection there, you know, back-to-back roles, coming back home, if you will, for Harbaugh. But let's be real, I, the, the problems with this team are not just with the head coach. Matt Nagy, like you mentioned, went 12-4, and went to the playoffs in his first year. He was supposed to be the next coming of Andy Reid and, you know all these fantastic offensive coaches that we've seen over the years he just didn't work out and I don't know if it's ignorance or if it's you know his stubbornness that his offense is not working or if it's truly just the personnel I mean he doesn't have really that much to work with outside of you know maybe Allen Robinson's a top 25 skilled player in the NFL I don't think anybody else on the roster is it, it it's really a tough sell for a new coach to come in here and be super excited about leading this offense somewhere you would need to find either a quarterback in a trade, trade up to get one in the draft, which I think Bears fans would all hold their breath after what they did to get Mitch Trubisky, or find one in in free agency. And that's really tough. But you know who's gotten all three of those chances is Ryan Pace. He traded for traded up to get Mitch Trubisky in the draft. He traded for Nick Foles and he signed for a boatload of money Mike Glennon in his first year. He has tried every which way to prove that he can actually pick a decent not even a good or great just a decent competent base level NFL quarterback and he has failed three times out of three so the problems go up from the coach I'm into the Harbaugh idea I think that would maybe give some fire back to the to the fan base maybe he would resonate more because all the Bears fans I know are just so sick of watching this and it's not even that different I mean we've talked about it in the first segment this is the offense that I've been used to for all of my life it's just plotting and you know play good enough just to win and let the defense score a, a touchdown or special team score a touchdown here and there. It's not that foreign, it just feels like it's it's worse than it's ever been. So I don't know what you have to get rid of, but you got to get rid of somebody and I think it's going to start with Matt Nagy. I hope Ryan Pace follows that after. I'm with you, Jason. It, it could not. You know, the the McCaskey family and and the way that this team is run, it wouldn't necessarily surprise me if they stood by their guys and let them run out one more year. But if I'm, you know, running the team which Thankfully, I'm not, because I'm not saying that I could do you know, magic things and turn this offense into a powerhouse. I would start with the quarterback position, and you're going to have a first-round pick for the first time in a few years. I would get somebody that you know that has no doubt – that they have a plan for what they're going to do with that pick and how they're going to make this team back to, you know, just a, just a decent offense. They're 31st or 30th or 32nd in the league in almost every single offensive category. There's nowhere to go but up on the offensive side of the ball for this team. So whoever it's going to be, if it's going to be John Harbaugh or, you know, anybody out there who wants to come in, Urban Meyer, somebody else who's, you know, waiting to get back into the NFL coaching scene, I think they need to have a clear and concise plan because there was a lot of work to do on the offensive side of the ball.
0: This is State Lines. He's John Spataro. My name is Jason Gotch. Check this out, John. You talk about the disaster for the Bears. They held the Vikings running the ball. Dalvin Cook, all we heard about was how great Dalvin Cook was. And he's a very good player. But the Bears held the Vikings as a team to 99 yards rushing in that game back on Monday night. They held them to three yards a carry. That's a great job by the Bears' defense. But the Bears' offense, 149 total yards in that game. I'll repeat that. 149 total yards for the Bears' offense in an NFL game. That's absolutely embarrassing for the Bears' offense. And you look at, I believe the stat flashed on the screen late in the fourth quarter before that final drive where Foles got hurt. They had, I think, four yards of total offense in the second half. So, yeah, I'm with you. I'd make a change at head coach. I'd make a change at general manager. I, I, I'm i with you, too, and I don't know if the McCaskies are going to do it, but I think it is time for that. I, again, it's a big if. I, I don't know if that will happen. But let's talk about the rest of this season because we've seen Nick Foles play for a number of weeks now, and Nick Foles had a lot of magic with the Philadelphia Eagles. He worked well with Doug Peterson. He'll always have that Super Bowl MVP award. He played great against the Patriots to win that game a few years ago. But Nick Foles, everywhere he has been other than Philadelphia, he has been a journeyman quarterback. He's been a guy who has gotten a chance to start many places he's went to, Kansas City, the Rams, now the Bears, the Jacksonville Jaguars. And he's never really seized the bull by the horns. He's been good in spots but not good enough to be a consistent starter. I don't know about you, John, but you drafted Mitchell Trubisky, what, number two overall, or you traded for him. He's drafted number two. You got that pick from the 49ers a few years ago. I don't think he's going to be on the roster long-term. I think you're right. They're going to have to look for a quarterback. But at least Mitchell Trubisky, if he's healthy, buys you some mobility in that pocket. The Bears' offensive line is as bad as there is in the National Football League. Nick Foles is not the future. If I'm Matt Nagy and if I'm Ryan Pace and Mitchell Trubisky is able to play. I know he went for a second opinion on his shoulder injury, and maybe he doesn't even want to play because he wants to you know, think about his next stop. But if I'm Mitchell Trubisky, I do want to play because I want to try and showcase myself a little bit for my next contract. But if I'm the Bears, John, I'm putting Mitchell Trubisky on the field. I, I, I don't know what Nick Foles gives you at this point except the statue who, who just cannot move back there at all and cannot make plays under duress. At least Trubisky might be able to make some plays with his legs. If only John the Bears were in the NFC East right now they would be sitting in first place at five and five the Eagles would be in second place at three five and one. The Giants would be three and seven the Reds or the the Washington football team would change their nickname it'll take a long time for me to remember that they are two and seven and the Cowboys are two and seven. It's hard to see them winning in Green Bay a week from Sunday. They've got the Lions at home that's a winnable game but it's not one you're guaranteed to win. They probably should beat the Texans at home. Again, though, the Bears' offense doesn't look better than any other team in the NFL right now. In fact, they look like they got the worst offense in the NFL. Then you've got a game at the Vikings. That would be a tough one to win. You've got the Jaguars on the road. You better win that one. Or if the Bears don't win that one, it's, they, they probably already. Uh, not won a game since this conversation we're having because the Jags are that bad too. But then you got the Packers at home. So looking at this realistically, there are three games on here, two against Green Bay and one against the Vikings that I don't see them winning. Uh, The Lions is a toss-up. They probably have the edge against the Texans and the, the Jaguars, but not a huge edge the way the Bears are playing. So John's right. The Bears are a lot closer right now in the way they're playing to last place in the NFC North. When we come back, we will get into the week 11 slate, the National Football League, give you our best bets against the spread. Bears on a bye this week at Green Bay a week from Sunday. He's John Spataro. My name's Jason got Back with more after this. Welcome you back to State Lines, where you get the best pro football gambling information in the state of Illinois. No Bears game this week. They're on the bye, riding that four-game losing streak straight up. The Bears 5-5 five and five on the year after losing to Minnesota back on Monday night at Soldier Field. But plenty of other games on the Week 11 slate, John, so let's get to it right now. The Tennessee Titans and the Baltimore Ravens. You talked about it with your great pick at the top of the show last week. You had the Patriots at home plus seven outright winners last Sunday night against the Baltimore Ravens. So a great pick by John Spataro, who's riding on cloud nine right now with that big victory as a, instinctively good picker of games involving the Patriots apparently because I didn't see that one coming at all but got a hat tip to John but now you look at the 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 Baltimore Ravens they're going to need a win here to try and get back on track and you look at the line in this game the Ravens at home they're a six and a half point favorite the total in the game is 47 Titans have had a real good year Derrick Henry Ryan Tannehill Uh, the Ravens are one of the top teams in the conference as well how do you see this one playing out
1: well, other than the Bears, uh, the Titans might be the most stumbling team in the NFL right now. They were 5-0 and and looking really good. I, you know, I kind of go back to that game they played in Buffalo against the Bills when they uh, looked like the best team in the AFC. But oh, how things have changed. They've lost three of their last four games. And really the key to that has been Derrick Henry. He's only been averaging uh, just under 90 yards uh, on the ground in their last Four games, and and that's not going to get it done for them. They depend on much more from him uh, to to keep that offensive to keep that offense rolling. Uh, Ryan Tannehill has kind of regressed a little bit. But speaking of regression, so has Lamar Jackson year over year. He's not playing at the MVP level that he was last year. Uh, you know, trying to remove that loss against the Patriots. Although I was on the right side of it from my head uh, last week. I think I'm going to go with the Ravens in this one. You know, head to head, really two teams that you know have. Played playoff aspirations I'm assuming that uh, you know nobody in Tennessee thinks that uh, they can't get back to where they were playing in the first five games of the year so this is going to be a big one it's not going to get easier you know for the the Titans after uh, losing a couple winnable games in this stretch uh, and you know really not playing great against the Bears but uh, you don't have to play great against the Bears to get a win in that one too so they could be 0-4 if not for you know the Bears rescuing them with their incompetence uh, to get them a win in their last month of play so give me the Ravens in this one I really do think that they're the better team uh, and you know despite not getting it done against uh, Belichick in Foxborough and, and letting Cam Newton do what he wanted to do on the ground uh, last week I, I just I just see this one going uh, the way of the Ravens I think they're a better team so I, I'm going to take them in this one.
0: All right, John Spataro locked in with the Ravens, minus six and a half. I'm going to go the other way on this one. As John said, the Titans not playing well in recent weeks, with the exception of that home win over the Bears a few weeks ago down in Nashville. But I think Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill are going to do enough to keep this game close. This is not one I see the Titans winning outright, but I think – Six-and-a-half scares me a bit. I'd like it to be a touchdown if you can shop it up to seven points. That'd be uh, my advice to everybody out there. But with it's six-and-a-half right now as we tape this, I'm going to go ahead and take a chance with the Titans to say that Henry finds a way to get back on track a little bit, that Tannehill plays a little better than he's played in recent weeks, and that the Titans' defense... Follows a little bit what the Patriots have done and some other teams in recent weeks in keeping Lamar Jackson in check. Lamar Jackson's had a a, a great start to his NFL career, but we've seen at times this season where teams are starting to figure him out a little bit. So I'll say that on the road, the Titans do not win this game, but they do find a way to keep it close enough, plus six and a half. I'll go ahead and run with the Tennessee Titans here. Because again, I think they're a better football team than they have shown in recent weeks. And when I I thought about the AFC a little bit about a month ago, I thought there were really four Super Bowl contenders in the AFC. The obvious ones are the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Kansas City Chiefs. But I also put the Baltimore Ravens and Tennessee Titans in that category. And I don't think the Titans are at that level right now, but I think they have the potential to get back there again. But as John said, Derrick Henry's got to find a way to get some more yards because he was that offense last year, and he opened things up for Tannehill. Hasn't been good in recent weeks. Needs to find a way to get something going on on the ground. I think they do enough here, the Titans, to cover the 6.5 points. Let's move on on state lines to a game that you're going to see also. Yes, A lot of you will see the tennessee baltimore game in the state of Illinois. Illinois. Also, many of you are going to see the Green Bay Packers and the Indianapolis Colts. This game is in Indianapolis. It's a late afternoon contest. The total in the game is one and a half. Or I'm sorry, it's 451 and a half. The Colts are a one and a half point favorite here, John. Uh Phillip Rivers has not taken the world by storm in Indianapolis, but the Colts, uh, when you look at them on paper going into this season, I think a lot of people thought that they had a chance to be one of the breakout teams in the NFL, and you look at the standings right now, and they've done pretty well, even though Rivers hasn't been great at quarterback. They are 6-3, and tied with the Titans atop that division, heading into week number 11. So you think Green Bay and this battle of division leaders can get it done on the road, getting points? I think a lot of people think they're the better team, but the Colts are at home, and they're the favorite, and they're also tied for a division lead.
1: You know, the Colts are a good example of the way that the Bears could be playing and still be, you know, very competitive. And if not, you know, a, a very interesting playoff team in, in a few weeks. The Colts play very good defense. And we saw that when they were at Soldier Field a couple weeks ago. They play very mediocre offense, uh, partly because Phillip Rivers isn't, isn't who he used to be. And also, they've had a ton of injuries. I mean, Marlon Mack went down. T.Y. Hilton's been in and out of the lineup. So a lot of these guys are doing it with, uh, you know, unknown names or un- Proven guys Uh, but the Colts you know seemed to get it done week to week and then meanwhile Aaron Rodgers was playing really well at the beginning of the year people were talking about his renaissance back to MVP Uh, but then they had a couple you know missteps they lost to uh, the Vikings who it based on the way that they played against the Bears, that could be a jumping-off point for that team. I mean, that was a huge win for them, huge win for Dalvin Cook and, you know, getting him back in the lineup. So we might look back at that as a huge turning point in the NFC uh, if the Vikings continue to win and make it back into the playoffs. So for this game in particular, I don't really know which side I like. I mean, you look back to last week, the, the Packers were supposed to blow out the Jacksonville Jaguars, and they didn't even cover. I mean, there, there have been opportunities where it feels like the Packers are leaving points on the board and just not putting teams away. I don't think they're going to have that luxury against the Colts on the road. So this one, if there's one number I'm thinking of, maybe look at the under in this one. I, the, the Colts have a good enough defense, much like how I feel about the Bears, to put up a performance that would cover an under every single week. Uh, it's really just depending on how many offensive points they can score. Uh, you know, if they if they have a little bit of an explosion, it's hard to cover uh, in, in that case. But otherwise, take a look at it. I, I think that around 51 and a half is going to be where it ends up that's a lot of points for a team that uh, really does play great defense which the Colts do I think that the Packers are up and down this year so it's uh, en- enough to expect them to maybe not put up 25 to 30 points in this one and maybe an easy cover among us if you're looking for a play
0: all right John locked in for his pick in that game I Jason Gotch I'm gonna go ahead and take the Indianapolis Colts here for a reason John just mentioned at the end of his points there the defense I love betting on defense And I think the Colts have one of the best defensive units in the NFL. They're at home. I think a lot of people look at this line and say the wrong team's favored because the Packers historically have been the better team. But the Colts at home with Phillip Rivers are going to find a way to do enough offensively. And I think their defense is going to find a way to shut down Aaron Rodgers in the Green Bay running game, at least enough to win this game outright. So I think the Colts minus the one and a half. If you can get it at one or find it at pick them, who knows how this one's going to move around game time. But this is another one where I've said this, and John has too, in recent months doing this program, shop around for those lines because in the NFL, these odds makers are scary close when they set these lines, meaning a lot of times if the, the line is one, a, a team will win the game by one or two points. If it's a three-point game, they'll win it by two or three or four, so uh, value matters. If you can get the Colts a little bit lower than one and a half, even minus one, or maybe even a pick em, that would be outstanding and give you a little bit of an edge if this game is as close as I think it will be, but I'm going to go ahead and run. It's a, a, a game, a, our showtime taping here. It is a one and a half point spread, so give me the Indianapolis Colts minus the 1.5. Now, real quick before we get to our best bets in our final segment of the show, the Rams and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Here we go. The Bucs are a 3.5 point favorite at home. A lot of home favorites in the NFL this week. Total 48.5, John. The Rams, they surprised me last week with that home win over the Seahawks. That was big for their case making the NFC playoffs as they're trying to make a push at that here this year in 2020 and also even maybe even winning that tough division, the NFC West this year. While Tampa Bay Got back on track with their win easy in Carolina last week after a rough home loss to the Saints a couple of weeks ago. Brady and company at home, Monday nighter, 48.5 the total, 3.5 the Bucks favored over the Rams. How do you see this one?
1: Well, here's a little bit of line action for you. Obviously, like you just said, Jason, shop around and pay attention to the way things are moving. This one opened at a total of 49 at time of recording. It is already down to 47 and a half points. So it looks like there's a lot of people who are uh, expecting this one to be pretty low scoring. They're trying Vegas, you know, obviously the people who are making the lines are trying to get you to bet the over so that they can be a little less exposed. And I think I'm going to lean with the public on this one. I think this is another one to go under. Jared Goff uh, has been doing it, uh, you know, in in pretty Jared Goff fashion. He has good performances and really bad performances and so has Tom Brady this year. I mean, they they got back on track with a big win last week against uh, the uh, Carolina Panthers, but you've seen up and down Tom Brady this year, like the game he played against the Bears and the game that they played against the Saints. They have the opportunity to put up bad numbers. So I'm going to lean on that and can, you know, wrap into the fact that again, Two pretty good defenses going against each other here. Obviously, you know about Aaron Donald and the way that the Rams play. And the Bruce Arians has the Buccaneers defense playing pretty well, too, despite all the focus on the offensive side of the ball down there. So, yeah, go give me a look. It's going to keep going down, I would guess, because I'm, I'm not necessarily saying that this is a unique opinion. A lot of people are expecting this to be a low-scoring game. Take a look. It, it, it might go even lower. Uh, I, I just think that this one's going to end up pretty tight uh, because of the inconsistent quarterback play from both of these teams and two pretty good defenses to boot.
0: All right, John locked in going with another total right there. I'm going to take Tampa Bay here. I like Brady and company at home minus three and a half. I think they need this game even more than the Rams do with the pay with the Buccaneers uh, chasing down the saints for that NFC South title. The Rams obviously in a a, a big spot here too because they're in that tough division with the Cardinals and the Seahawks. But I think this is a letdown spot for the Rams. I I love situational gambling in the NFL. And you look at the Rams and you say, this is a Rams team off a huge home win over their arch rival last week. Now they got to go play a tough road game on Monday night. And I think the Buccaneers get it done by more than three and a half. So Jason Gotch locks himself in. That's me, three-and-a-half-point favorite. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers roll with them on Monday Night Football. He's John Spataro. I'm Jason Gotch. This is State Lines. When we come back, we'll give you our best bets for week number 11. All that and more right after this. The 2021 Honda ATV lineup is here to prove
2: it's possible to work smarter and harder. With the power to get the job done, the technology to make it easier, and tried and tested quality to keep you moving forward. The only thing left to add is you. Then you'll understand how life is better on a Honda. Honda recommends ATVs for riders 16 years and older and recommends that all ATV riders take a training course.
3: This holiday season, give them the gift that's hard to wrap, but easy to give. Buy them a steal. From powerful trimmers, blowers, and chainsaws under the tree, to fashionable accessories stuffed in their stockings, the Steel Holiday Gift Guide is packed with great ideas for everyone on your list. For a gift that keeps on giving all year long, pick up the quiet, lightweight, and long running performance of the Steel AK Homeowner series of battery powered tools. Convenient all in one sets featuring tool, battery, and charger start at only $199.95. Legendary Steel Performance is easy to use, easy to give, and hard to beat. Find the perfect gifts and wrap up all your holiday shopping at your local steel dealer. Or shop online at steelusa.com slash gift guide. Real steel. Find yours. All prices MSRP. Available for participating dealers while also buys last.
2: The 2021 Honda Pioneer lineup is here to make light work of the job and add a heavy dose of fun to your day off. Every Pioneer side-by-side side is stocked full of smart technology, responsive power, and Honda's hallmark of engineering excellence. The only thing left to add is you. Then you'll understand how life is better on a Honda. For your safety, read the owner's manual, wear a helmet, and eye protection. Always wear your seatbelt and keep the side nets and doors closed. Pioneers are for drivers 16 years and older.
0: Welcome back to State Lines as we get set for our final segment of the program. And it's one that you wait for each and every week. And I know you're sitting on the edge of your seats waiting for John Spataro's picks this week because he was red hot in week number 10. John was 3-0 and with his best bets against the spread. You cannot do any better than John Spataro did in week number 10. And here we are, week number 11 now. Normally, at this point in the program, we recap our Bears pick from earlier in the show. But as you probably know, the Bears do not play this week. They have the bye, that four-game losing streak, trying to get things corrected after losing at home 19-13. To the Vikings, back on Monday night, the Bears did not cover as a 2.5-point dog in that game. The total, actually, and it was and a half. so the game went under as well. So no Bears pick for us this week. Next week, the Bears play at the Green Bay Packers in a game that is scheduled right now uh, for Sunday night, the final Sunday of November. So we'll talk more about the Bears coming up in future shows. But right now, John, I'm going to give you the floor. Go ahead and give us another 3-0 week. I know the listeners are fired up after you dominated week number 10.
1: Well, I sure hope so. I really hope that uh, I'm able to continue this winning streak because obviously the goal is to go positive out in the year, win more games than you lose. I'm going to need a couple more 3-0 and weeks to make up for a couple 0 for weeks uh, that I had a couple weeks ago. So hopefully we continue this undefeated streak and let's start with an early game. It's a noon kickoff and it's my New England Patriots again after riding them last week to a surprising win and cover at home against the Baltimore Ravens I'm gonna back them yet again they're on the road this week but they are favorites against the Houston Texans the Houston Texans have only two wins and the only team that they've beaten in both of those games is the Jacksonville Jaguars so I do not feel confident that they are a uh, uh, an up-and-coming team or that they have really any playoff aspirations I can't say the same about the Patriots. After beating Lamar Jackson at your home field and after kind of coming back from the dead in that game and and gutting out a more traditional type Patriots win in November in Foxborough, I think that there may be a little bit of momentum brewing with the Patriots. So they're two and a half point favorites, which is a good number for me. That means they only have to win by a field goal. They don't have to play, you know, ridiculous to to get a cover here. All they got to do is squeak out a win with a three point uh, field goal or better. Give me the Patriots in the noon kickoff game against the Texans. Also, I'm going to go to a team that I backed last week, and now I'm going to have I have them in my best bets three weeks in a row, and it's the Miami Dolphins versus the Denver Broncos. Look, Tua Tagovailoa is undefeated as a starter, and this defense is playing at a high level, too, for the Miami Dolphins. They're really an exciting team. I don't know if a lot of people are watching them necessarily. I've been watching them because I've had action on them, and I'm enjoying myself. They play a really exciting, fast fast-paced, uh, you know, kind of a newer type offense, and the defense is getting it done, too, with a lot of turnovers and scoring some points on their own side, too. Not to say that the Denver Broncos are necessarily that much worse of a team. However, they are not the offensive juggernaut that anybody expects them to be. They are a very slow play, slow-paced slow-paced. Defensive team, and that's why I think the Dolphins are going to be able to cover this one. They are three point favorites, Uh, much like the Patriots. All they need to do is get a field goal to push. Uh, That line might move down a little bit. I'm going to keep an eye on that one to see if I can get it by less than a field goal. Uh, That would really make me interested in it. But for right now, give me the Dolphins minus three against the Denver Broncos. And then finally, one more game for you it's the Minnesota Vikings after their big win against the Bears going back home and welcoming the Dallas Cowboys to the U.S. Bank Stadium in Minneapolis. This one is going to be tough. I I think a lot of people are excited about the Vikings. They're currently seven-point favorites at home against the Cowboys, who thankfully were on a bye week and really needed it because they were just getting nothing, but uh, missiles lobbed at them about how incompetent they have been. Mike McCarthy uh, included in that. I think that this game, while I'm not going to pick a side, has an opportunity to go way over. I like this game from an offensive side. It's right around 50 right now it opened at 50 it might it, it's it's trending downwards meaning a lot of people are betting the under uh, but I think that this one's going to cover pretty comfortably with the over I think Delvin Cook's going to run all over the Cowboys I think the Cowboys can still score a touchdown or two and when you add that all up I think uh, 50 points sounds like a pretty good total to me so I'm going to go with the over in that one uh, that you know obviously the Vikings uh, are trending upwards the Cowboys are in a free fall that sounds like a pretty good environment to score some points for me. So to recap, I'm going with the Patriots road favorites minus two and a half points at the Texans. I like the Miami Dolphins to cover three points on the road against the Denver Broncos. And then the Dallas Minnesota game, the under uh, or, or the total sitting right around 48 and a half to 49 points. Give me the over in that one. And those are my three best bets of the week.
0: All right, John Spataro locked in. Let's hope he's got another 3-0 week ahead of him as he looks ahead to his Week 11 card for us here on State Lines. I, Jason Gotch, am going to go this way with my three best bets of the week. I am going to go ahead and take the Kansas City Chiefs' minus seven at the Las Vegas Raiders. This is a statement-type game for the Chiefs. They lost at home. Remember, early in the year, they rarely lose at Arrowhead, but they did to the Las Vegas Raiders. And I think Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes are going to want to make a statement in this game. The total is 56. I'll stay away from the total. But let's face it, is there a better team in the NFL than the Kansas City Chiefs right now? I don't think so. Look, I know the Steelers are unbeaten, but if those two teams play in the playoffs, I think the Kansas City Chiefs are the better team. They've got the better offense. The Steelers might have the better defense. A lot of times, good defense beats good offense. But I just think the Chiefs will find a way to win that game if it does happen. I think the Chiefs are the better team. So I'm looking at the best team in the NFL, trying to make a statement here against the team that they lost to on their own field. Give me the Chiefs minus the 7. Also, I am going to go ahead and take the Cincinnati Bengals at the Washington football team. The Washington football team, that is the stupidest nickname in the history of of sports. I, I really think it is. Look, you can say what you want about the old Redskins nickname if you didn't like it or you liked it, but if you're going to change the nickname, give us a nickname. It's not that hard. Give us something to call them other than the Washington football team. Dumbest nickname in the history of sports at any level, at any level. So not because of that. That's just an observation I needed to get off my chest. Not because of that, but because I actually think the Bengals are the better team here. They're going on the road. They're getting a point. Jer Jer Burrow has shown some signs. I know he struggled last week against the Steelers. Most teams do right now. That was a tough road game against a rival for him and the Bengals. Bengals are a team that they're building from the ground up, but they're playing a bad, bad Washington football team here. So I think the Bengals go ahead and get a road victory. I'm going to take the Bengals, uh, plus the one. And remember, a few weeks ago, the Bengals did beat the Titans on their own field. So Cincinnati has shown some signs this year of life against certain competition, and that competition... Like the Titans a lot better than the Washington football team. Lastly, I'm going to go against uh, John here, and I am going to take the New England Patriots. Or I'm sorry, New England. Yeah, I'm going to ta- I'm sorry, I'm going to take the Houston Texans. I beg your pardon. John's taking the Patriots. I'm taking the Texans minus the two and a half. Letdown spot here for New England on the road. I know they won a couple games here in, in recent weeks. Uh, got a winning streak going, but I think the Texans are going to find a way on their own field with Deshaun Watson in a letdown spot for the Patriots who had that huge Sunday night win over the rival Ravens last week. So give me the Texans minus the two and a half. So to sum it up, I'm taking the Texans minus two and a half. I'm going to take the chiefs minus the seven and I'm going to take the Bengals plus one for week 11. Again, the bears are the bye this week. They'll play a week from Sunday at the rival Packers for John Spataro. My name is Jason Gotch. Hope you enjoyed another episode of state lines. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Gobble, gobble, happy turkey day. Hope you all have a great Thanksgiving feast, and we'll talk to you real soon. Enjoy the Week 11 card, everybody.
3: This show is for entertainment purposes only. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER.